Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie in the house. Thanks for joining us. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place because this is where the best run. I have two buzzes of what's going on on the street. They're a little bit long, but I'm going to take two quotes out of out of where I found them, and then I'm going to introduce my esteemed panelists, and we'll talk about a very interesting topic. So here's buzz number one. This is from blog.topohq.com. You can go look that up. And they say, if you work in sales, Chances are you recently heard the term sales enablement. Although it's a hot topic, there seems to be some confusion around whether it's just another vague buzzword or a specific field of practice that's delivering real benefits to sales organizations. Sales enablement is less about sales, and here's the kicker, everyone, more about the buyer. The field of sales enablement is predicated on providing salespeople with what they need to engage their target buyers. As such, it's important to remember a simple tenet. Provide sales with the resources the buyer wants. That kind of sounds like it's flipping everything we've always known on its ear, on its head. It's also important to understand when the buyer wants to leverage these resources. So this sets us up, and I have one more buzz quote. This is from uh, Forbes, from the Forbes Agency Council. And they say, companies have come a long way in terms of getting sales and marketing to play well in the same sandbox. We know that battle, that striving for for primacy for somebody to be bigger than somebody else and more important. We know that's been going on for decades, but the days of corporate siloed ownership of prospects and customers are hopefully long gone as these two departments understand the importance of nurturing from all perspectives to maintain customer engagement and loyalty. And here's the, here we go, a strategy known as business to business sales enablement. There's that word again. So when sales enablement first showed up as a role in the B2B enterprise, it became what they call a sidekick to the in-person acquisition focused selling conversation. But today, selling looks entirely, completely, totally different. And it is primed to step up take the lead and drive a new approach to sales and marketing. What about it? The messaging, the skills, the content, the delivery, where you reach people, how they engage with you, how you engage with them for years to come. I have a panel of extreme experts here, exceedingly extreme experts. They all live and breathe this stuff about sales enablement. We're going to be speaking with Lori Richardson at Score More Sales. Love the name of your company. William Aruda at Reach and CareerBlast.com. We have to talk about that, William. And Bruna Gonsalves. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She will correct me when she gets to introduce herself at SAP. We're going to ask them for their insights on the future of B2B sales enablement. There, you guessed the topic, everyone. We are coming to you live here on the Voice America Business Channel, and surprise, surprise, I have the extreme pleasure, I'm using the word extreme a lot, of actually seeing my wonderful panelists on Zoom. We're in a Zoom room. I wish you could all see the smiles and just engage with them at this level I'm engaging, so it's really, really fun. Lori Richardson, you are up first. Lori, have you been? And why don't you give us, Lori, in case there's Two people in the world who don't remember who you were from the last time. There might just be two, you know. I'm not sure if there are any more. Please update everybody on what you've been up to, what you've been doing, and what is your passion for the topic of sales enablement? Lori. 
Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. It's great to be here. I run a sales consultancy called Score More Sales. So we work with the leaders of organizations to help them, mostly mid-sized companies, to help them solve sales issues. So there's a lot of enablement involved in that. And, um, you know, I'm working on getting a book published and out uh, all about uh, getting more women into B2B sales. Sounds good. Lori, is it true what I read in my first buzz from the from the blog I read that it seems to be a vague term? It has been, what is sales enablement? Well, it's a lot of syllables. We know that. Is this something that you have to explain to people when you tell them what you do, Lori? Yes. Um, sales enablement is one of those uh, buzzword terms that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I'm looking forward to hearing um, what the other panelists are, are going to be talking about because we all probably come from a different angle. You know, whether you're an enterprise size company, small companies don't have sales enablement, but they have people that do those jobs. So it'll be interesting to hear what everyone has to say. Interesting. So they're doing it without the titles or without the the caption over this is the sales enablement department or division or unit or whatever. Very interesting. Thank you, Lori. I like that point of view. Let's move over to William Aruda. William, in case there were two and a half people in the world who don't know who you are, which would be as impossible as them not remembering Lori, of course, or Bruna for that matter. William, how have you been? What's going on with you? What is REACH? Bring us up to date. And what's your passion for the topic? Well, um, it, it's great to, to talk to you and see you uh, right now again. So, so thank you for that. I, um, uh, personal branding is my thing. I, I pretty much have been in the field of personal branding longer than anyone on earth. And um, personal branding has moved online. I, I just actually had a book drop in Q4, which is about how everything has moved online, which was, it turns out to be a little prophetic in the world that we're living in right now. Um, and, I, and so my connection to this topic is really... Um, how do you sell and how do you enable someone to be successful at selling when they're not doing the thing they're most comfortable with, which is shaking the hands of the people that they're building relationships with? And so how does the, the new digital world that we're living in impact um, salespeople and what do sales enablement organizations need to do to help them be successful in this new world? Interesting. So you're right. It, it, it kind of did preface or precede the fact that we can only or mostly only or safely only do di digital selling now. And that's what enablement is about. Did you agree with, with what I said in the intro, William, about it's turned everything about selling on its head, the gone of the silos, here's your sales department, here's your marketing department, maybe they don't want to talk to each other, and that it's all about the buyer, their readiness, their preferred channels. And it's just not, okay, here's my Rolodex. Anybody remember a Rolodex? You spin the thing and the little <laughs> cards, the index cards pop up or the little ones. You say, oh, I think I'll call Bob Jones. I haven't talked to him in three years. Those days are gone. Is it true that everything is different today, William? It, it is. And I, I think it's different and refreshing because um, it's not about us. It's not about what we sell. It's not about products and features and functionality. It's about the buyer and what do they need and how do they like to consume things and how do they like to engage with and, and build relationships with others. So that's where it should be. It's where it always should have been. And, and now uh, we have the tools and technology to make it happen. 
A great idea whose time is long past overdue and whose time has come. Thank you, William. Bruna, how are you? Bruna, I want you to correctly pronounce your last name and set me straight. <laughs> Tell everybody where you are. And Bruna, move your camera down sure. a little bit. We can only see the, that's it. Here oh, it is. There you yeah. go. Bruna, welcome and <laughs> okay. tell everybody who you are again. Go ahead. Okay, so hi, everybody, once again. Good morning, at least for me, it's 11 a.m. And it's Bruna Gonçalves. <laughs> In Portuguese, we say Gonçalves. Uh, I'm from Brazil, so I'm based here in Sao Paulo. Uh, and I work at SAP. So actually talking about myself, I am graduated in marketing. So I've been working with technology companies, in technology companies actually for 10 years approximately, always focused in B2B marketing, B2B demand generation. And uh, it's, it's amazing how we see things change in these 10 years. So if we compare, of course, uh, to, to the world, 10 years is only a few years, so it's a small period. But at the same time, the way we work, the way we deliver the sales enablement, and I am responsible for delivering sales enablement, for actually sharing knowledge of what I learned in our, our trainings. I am responsible for sharing with our SAP internal teams. And it's been amazing how everything changes so fast and the real, the reality, the current reality is completely different if we compare to a few years ago. So it's not about choosing. That's what I always tell them. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have the option to choose. You know, that's what I think. We need to accept the reality. Maybe a lot of them, they think the, the best way they work it it still works, but that's not a choice. We need to accept everything, change it, and we need to work uh, accordingly to this new reality. That's what I think. If that's not a reality check, I don't know what is. Thank you. There exactly. is uh, William. It looks like William wants to make a comment. William, you want to say something? Uh, no, I, I, I was just delighted to, to, to hear that. I love listening to uh, everyone's point of view. Very, very interesting. Bruna, I'm going to ask you a favor, Bruna Gonsalves. Yes. I said it. Yes. Bruna, in, <laughs> yes. in your language or the languages you work with in Latin America, how would you say sales enablement? Is there a, a, a Spanish word for that term? Yeah, we say treinamento de vendas or capacitação de vendas. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> Capacitas vendas, something like that, right? It's so cute. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. Every Please say again. I've never been called cute on a radio show before. <laughs> I love it. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting perspectives. Uh, that, that's why I like to have my panelists introduce themselves. As, as the listeners can tell, we're having way too much fun here speaking with each other and seeing each other. And I'm hoping by next year that you'll all be able to watch us talk on Game Changers Radio, which would be lovely for the audience as well. It's very, very engaging. Thank you all for your introductions. Now it's the time of the show when I have asked my guests in advance to pick a quote from a song, a movie, a book, a person, famous, not so famous, about to be famous, and pick a quote that on the surface has absolutely nothing to do with our topic. And then they're going to relate the quote in their own words. Remember, everybody, this is not a scripted show. This is not a webinar. We're not sitting here reading slides. It's not a play. 
play where we're reading our parts. These are real people having a real conversation. That's what Game Changers Radio is. So Lori Richardson has picked a quote from the one and only, the gorgeous, the talented, the multifaceted, multi-gazillion selling artist, Dolly Parton. And Dolly Parton, in case anybody doesn't know, her middle name is Rebecca. Who knew? I call her a young woman, Lori, because Dolly Parton was born in 1946. She's, and she's still young as far as we know. American singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, record producer, actress, author, businesswoman, and humanitarian, known primarily for her work in country music. She made her debut album in 1967 with Hello, I'm Dolly. That's a play on words. There you go. I don't know if that was before or after the, the musical Hello, Dolly, but Hello, I'm Dolly. And she had been writing songs for other people. She has won so many awards, it's just hard to keep up with them. Uh, but she has been Entertainment of the Year. She's one of only seven female artists to win the Country Music Association's Entertainer of the Year Award. She has won, let's see, Entertainer of the Year, People's Choice Awards, American Music Awards, awards for being in movies, uh, Jolene, and uh, uh, no, what, what was she in? Nine to Five is her most famous role. There you go. So here is the quote that Laurie Richardson has selected from Dolly Parton. I'm not going to attempt to do the accent, I promise, Laurie. The way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. Laurie, what is this all about? Absolutely. I mean, it made me think about the times we're going through right now. You know, first, my first pandemic, I think everyone can agree. Um, everything is on its side or its head. And, and so, you know, you got to find, find the rainbow and, and, and deal with the rain. And I, I just think it's true in business and personally. And, um, you know, we're all learning and growing during this time. Lori, let me extend that to sales enablement, particularly when you think about what Bruna was saying, people might still think they can do selling the old fashioned way, uh, shake a hand, have a coffee, uh, one phone call a week, maybe send a birthday card. I, I think I'm making this up, but I think there's some basis in fact in what I'm saying. The old fashioned way, uh, is there a problem? Is there a, a troubling impact on Old, I'm using the word older, meaning more seasoned. It has nothing to yeah. do with their age or the demographic. With more right. seasoned salespeople who didn't used to do it this way saying, what? And you're saying, you want to see the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. You got to change your ways. You have to figure out how to be that new other person in enablement. Do you see an application there, Lori? Yeah, definitely with all the technology that's come out and has been accelerated. And I have to say, I've been working with a lot of what we call inside sales professionals for more than 10 years. And it's the field sales people. It's the people that have been going out shaking hands that are, you know, they had the biggest shock when they had to go work from home. The inside sales folks just got to, you know, get rid of their commute, which for a lot of people has been a really great thing and some don't ever want to go back. So, um, so I think that, again, it's the idea of there's been a lot of creativity, uh, a lot of changing, shifting, pivoting. I think that's what we'll be talking about. Thank you very much, Lori. Great quote. Let's move on to William Arruda. And he has picked a quote from also the wonderful Brené Brown. And you can put that French accent ego on the final E in her name, Cassandra Brené Brown, PhD, LMSW. Very, very young, born in 1965, a professor, lecturer, author, podcast host. She holds the Brene Brown Endowed Chair at the University of Houston's Graduate College of Social Work, and on and on and on. She spoke with Oprah Winfrey in March of 2013, which hard to believe is seven and uh, something years ago, on Super Soul Sunday about her book, 
daring greatly. And interestingly enough, and this is for Bruna's reference, Brene Brown says she took the title of that book from a 1910 Theodore Roosevelt speech called Citizenship in a Republic at the Sorbonne. And Brown is CEO of The Daring Way, a professional training and certification program on the topics of vulnerability. Well, isn't that part of being in selling, ladies and gentlemen, vulnerability, courage, Uh uh-huh, shame, Mm, didn't meet my quota, banish me, and empathy. I think those are the, the key, some of the keys to the persona of being successful. Here's Bonnie, get to the quote already, William is saying. He's so polite. He's sitting there saying, when is she going <laughs> to get to the darn quote? Here we go. Authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. William, a beautiful quote. How does it apply to sales enablement? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, we need to learn to be authentic in this new digital world, uh, right? We know how to do it, and, and salespeople are amazing. They're, they're often built. It's their natural way of being to engage with people, and, and usually that happens face-to-face. And now that we have this layer between us and our client, we need to, to learn how to be authentic, how to be vulnerable, how to be empathic, how to, how to demonstrate those human qualities. So I, I would say... Uh, Today, to be successful, you need a double dose of being human. A double dose of being human. Very, very interesting. And that does embrace the qualifications or the characteristics Brene Brown mentions in her daring podcast in her book. Very interesting. Thank you. Wonderful quote. Bruna, the reason I mentioned Theodore Roosevelt is that the quote you sent me has been attributed to John C. Maxwell, but it also goes back to Teddy Roosevelt. So I I use something called quote investigator. You can be mad at me for doing that or not, but I love to look up the real version of quotes. And there are so many quotes that have been passed around and attributed to people who did or didn't say them. I don't know if it matters anymore, but just as a point of interest, this was originally attributed to Theodore Roosevelt, which I thought was a very strange coincidence that Brene Brown took the title of her book from a speech by Teddy Roosevelt. And here I looked up Bruna's quote, which is next in my list. From Teddy Roosevelt. So just let me give a little background. Teddy Roosevelt, 1858 to 1919, referred as Teddy. T.R., American statesman, politician, conservationist, naturalist, and writer, 26th president of the U.S. from 1901 to 1909, 25th vice president from 1901, and 33rd governor of New York from 1899 to 1900. He was kind of busy. His face is actually on Mount Rushmore. I think that's the one that stumps a lot of people. We know George Washington was is there. We know Thomas Jefferson is there. We know Abraham Lincoln. But not too many people know the fourth face on Mount Rushmore is Theodore Roosevelt. And I think I've heard that as a Jeopardy question a couple of times. Lost some money on that one. So here's the quote. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Bruna, beautiful quote. Let's relate it to our topic, please. Yeah. So I chose this uh, this phrase because we know that's something that always uh, worked this way. So if we work in sales, and in the beginning of my career, I was the main generation, but I was working really close to the salespeople. So I got really interested in working directly in sales because I love this uh, human, you know, this interaction between people. So that's what I really believe. Like we can know everything, but if we don't have this human quality, that any machine or any artificial intelligence in this world can do. Uh, Nothing compares to this human quality. So if we don't care, and mainly now in this this period, 
in this COVID period, uh, we realize how important it is to be human, uh, to put ourselves on people's shoes and understand how they feel, understand what they really need. You know, I think if we try to sell uh, in a way that we don't really care about people, we are going to lose in the end of the day. Maybe we don't lose this first opportunity. Maybe we are going to sell in this first opportunity. But if we think about being customer focused and having a customer for life, which is our main um, project, for example, in SAP, we really we really want to focus in the customer, not in our products, not in our portfolio. So we need to think about their necessities, about their current reality. So that's the way, that's why I chose this phrase because I really care about people. And of course, selling is a consequence of caring and understanding and having all these human qualities. I think that's a must. I think you just broke major ground with that last statement, Bruna. Sales is a a function of caring and understanding. That seems to be perhaps lesson number one that anybody entering sales or dipping, Laurie is is nodding and I think William is nodding, uh, dipping their toe in the idea of selling. And listen, aren't we all really selling almost anything we sell when we apply to college? We sell ourselves when we apply for a job. We sell ourselves Mm -hmm. if we start a group, whether it's a political action group or whether we, we start a synagogue or a church or a choir or a community theater group. We're always selling. I have something I care about you I want you to care about me my project my colleagues my goals my mission so we're in a sense selling really should be very natural to all of us in a way but then it gets formalized in the form of selling for companies something you, you didn't grow up selling software but, or maybe maybe you did depends on your family is but my point is that this is an extension of what we we should already know how to do the caring, the humanity, the vulnerability. Oh, I didn't get to build that. Uh, I didn't get to, to start that playgroup for my kids because I didn't appeal to what my neighbors wanted or I didn't get to produce that play because I couldn't find a producer because they didn't buy into my vision. Interesting. Okay, so enough pontificating here. Let's go. Now it's time to look at the discussion statements my very smart and savvy panelists have sent me in advance. I'm going to pick one from Lori Richardson, number one, actually, Lori, and then I'm I'm going to read a little bit of it. It's long, which is great. And ask Lori to expand it for about two minutes. And then I will ask William to comment. I'll say, William, agree or disagree with Lori. Feel free to anywhere on that spectrum. And then we will bring Bruna Gonsalves in and ask Bruna to comment on Lori's statement and or what William said. And then I'll pick one from William and I'll pick one from Bruna. And let's see how much ground we can cover. So, and a shout out, of course, to AJ Arif at uh, SAP for putting together this wonderful panel. AJ, you always exceed yourself. Honestly, great shows. Lori Richardson told me the following before the show. She said, strong, consultative sellers will never be be made obsolete by digital platforms. Those who are price sellers will be replaced. There's the caveat. Laurie, please explain, expand, and then we'll go around the table and see what your co-panelists have to say. Laurie. Yeah, purchases for complex sales, which means that there probably are multiple meetings, multiple people involved we know that there are a number of people involved in, in any more complex decision 
purchasing decision. This is where it can be a lot of trouble for buyers just getting agreement and consensus. Um, but they need to bounce things off of uh, knowledgeable sales professionals. Now, maybe the title might change someday. I'm not sure. Um, but, but sales professionals who know how to be consultative, who know how to be buyer focused, like you were talking about, Bonnie, earlier, um, that's what um, we, we can help people choose. If, if I go to Amazon today and I look up something and buy it, uh, I may not have all the knowledge I need to be making the right decision. And so when you can go to a consultative seller who knows, has expertise in that area of whatever the industry is, whatever the product or services are, um, we help make a, a seamless transition for them. We help them to up level. We help them to solve the problem. And that's what the job of consultative sales professionals is. It, it's not just selling stuff. It's, it's helping the buyers buy. So uh, that's why I, I think that no time soon is a bot going to replace us to do that. Thank you very much. There's our human element, always needed, always important. William Aruda, please join us. Agree or disagree or expand what Laurie said, please. Go ahead. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, in fact, I would take it one step beyond. And I would say that it's technology that has made business more human. And the only thing that we can offer now that robots are entering the workforce and there's AI and we can digitally buy pretty much anything on earth the only thing that we have to offer is our humanity, that, that ability to connect with people on a deep emotional level. So, um, and I would say even, even technology where you're buying something from Amazon, maybe it's a coffee cup or a toaster, um, you're still interacting with humans because you're looking at the reviews. Those are your, the people you're consulting with. You know, did this toast, did the toast come out burned or whatever? And, and you're learning from them. When we're talking about complex sales of, of things as complex as technology, for example, mm -hmm. that's where you want that expert and you want to be able to build a relationship. So uh, I could not agree more. Uh, technology has made business more human. Very provocative. Very interesting. Thank you, Bruna. Please join us. Thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, so actually I couldn't also agree more. Uh, that's what I truly believe from the bottom of my heart. So I really believe we need to be human and understand people. So maybe we have, for example, two customers. They, they are from the same industry, but each of them, they have some specific problems to be solved, some specific KPIs. Even when we talk about a, a complex sales, for an example, in our case, in a B2B, a technology, something big, which are many people involved in this sales process. So understanding each of them, for an example, we have five stakeholders inside this company. We have someone from finance. So we need to talk their language. We need to speak mm -hmm. their language, talk about their KPIs. So that's about understanding really each person and what drives them, what is going to support them in their business. So how we can really help and how we can really add to, to this company and to this person in specific. I was telling that even when it's a B2B sales, actually this is, uh, you are talking to a person. So you are not selling to a company, but you are selling to a person inside a company. And that's really important for us to know. 
Thank you very much. Great comments around the table. Lori, this was your topic. Anything you would like to add, Lori? Yeah, I just, I think that it, I was surprised with William's comment, technology has made business more human. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. So that, that's a great ad for me. Bruna, you agree with that too? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. William, anything you want to add to that one? I'm about to go to a different statement in your list, William. No, he's saying no. Okay, I'm ready to go to, <laughs> let's go to, William, I was going to pick statement number four, but I think I'm going to switch to statement number two in your list. We'll get to the other one later. Statement number two, very appropriate for, for our show today because we're on Zoom and I can see all of you. William says, video is the next best thing to being there. Video needs to be the primary communications vehicle for skill building. Uh-huh content sharing, uh uh-huh, and customer engagement. That's a lot. Would you please unpack that for us, William Arruda? Yeah, so here's the thing. We are living in a world where we rarely now interact physically with the people where we're selling to and connecting with. And the next best thing to that, right, is video. Uh, Video allows you to deliver a complete communication. We know that words only account for 7% of a communication. So uh, you don't want to be selling in email. Uh, Video is the closest thing we have. The the challenge is people aren't comfortable with video. We're super comfortable connecting with people. You know, you talk to someone at a cafe, you talk to someone at the office, you don't have to think about how to do it. Mm -hmm. But video, I will tell you, most people are really not skilled. And this is where sales enablement comes in. Uh, And I'm always on the skill side of sales enablement because most of what I do is in learning and development. People need to learn to use video in a way that allows them to deliver that same kind of emotional connection and empathy um, and humanity that you can achieve in the real world. So uh, that means um, people need to be taught how to use video, right? You don't want the client that you're looking to build a relationship with distracted because of the crazy stuff behind you in a video or you showing that you kind of can't get, just like me, I had my, I was on mute a second ago, right? Not very professional, um, right? You want everything to come off absolutely perfectly. I did that. So I did it purposely just so you could all see um, how that, how that works. A teaching uh, moment. <laughs> exactly. There's an opportunity there. But I, and I think that it, this is where sales enablement can really help people get comfortable with video because as, as much as it's close to real world interaction, it's not. And there's a layer between you, the salesperson, and the prospect that you're speaking to. And getting comfortable with pulling that layer down as much as you can is going to enable you to, to create, you know, to do that magic that you do when you are talking to someone face to face. William, I'd like you to expand this. I'm thinking by video, and it's a big term now. It's a broad term, I believe. Are you talking about like us being here on Zoom? This is a video conference. We have Zoom. We have Teams. We have meetings. We have all different WebEx. uh, Different companies are offering their own branded version of video meetings. Are, Are you talking and perhaps also speaking about a video message where I might sit down, put my phone on a tripod, open my eyes? iPhone, set it to start in five seconds, uh, delayed start. And then I might say, hello, Bob, haven't spoken to you in a while. I know your company is going through XYZ challenges. And what we discussed a couple weeks ago, I think would be a great solution to helping you be a hero in the challenges facing your company. Love to have a chance to talk with you or have a virtual coffee. And if I recorded that and left that, emailed that to him, 
Uh, would that be an example of how you would see using video? William, more? Yeah. In, in fact, I look at it in three different categories. There's, mm-hmm. there's synchronous video, which is what we're doing right now, being able to be on a meeting and engage with people in real time. Um, and then there are those video messages that you were just talking about, sending a congratulations message or, or a thank you for the meeting we had today. You wanted these three things. I'm sending them to you by email. Um, and then the third is thought leadership video, right? It, it, expressing your expertise and your point of view on that expertise And often this can go along with things that maybe your company creates. So content that you want to share and maybe you can create a little executive summary that goes along with it. Um, So it's getting good at all of this kind of video. And and really, I will tell you, people are not – my clients, normally I do personal branding. Mm -hmm. And I am doing 90% of my work right now is helping people figure out how to use video. Wow. Bruna, join us. Bruna's going to unmute herself right now. There we go. She knows she she watched William not unmute herself. (laughs) And she said, that was a teaching moment. Bruna, please join us. Thoughts about what William shared? Interesting topic. Go ahead. Very interesting top, uh, topic, and just to share with you a personal view, as I told you, I was delivering for more than four years um, some sales enablement for our partners as well, not only for SAP internal teams, but also for our smaller partners. So for them, we see they are smaller companies as a consequence, and it's a big challenge for them uh, to record these videos in terms of technology as well, in terms of tools. So we, as SAP, for an example, we provided them, them a few options uh, for them to record these videos, but also we teach them uh, how to create a good content for this video, like avoiding some generic messages that's not about recording a video and sending everyone once a month. That's not mm-hmm. we are asking them. So that's also about humanizing this video or maybe personalizing this video as well. So actually... Uh, the video, only the video, if we talk about the tools and the ways we deliver the message, that's, of course, a halfway of this complete journey. But we also focus on the message, so how they deliver this video. So that's something that now I think they are more interested in learning. That's actually something that we need to do nowadays. So we've been working for a few years, and I truly believe like what William said, I I. I agree 100%. I love videos. Thank you. And Bruna, this goes to your statement number three, which I was going to get to next. Lori, I'll bring you in in just a second on this because I know you have a lot to say. But Bruna, let me just read the second part of your statement number three and ask you to expand Mm -hmm. this. And then we'll get Lori. You say, consider the rise of TikTok, where we see a shift from professionally produced videos to amateur content. Okay, so Bruna, talk to that a little bit because it's in the news all the time and, and people are becoming heroes on different platforms and getting millions of views and millions of fans for all kinds of reasons. So is TikTok being used in sales videos? Yeah, so actually, I think we need to be creative. And nowadays, actually, if we, and I like to work this way, like sometimes if we are always, uh, if we always deliver our message the same way, so being formal and, hi, my name is Bruna Gonçalves, and I think it works, but we need to think outside the box. So why not taking advantage of the tools that we use in our personal life as well? That's one more way to deliver our message. I'm not saying that that's what works currently and the other tools, for an example, something more formal doesn't work. 
that's not what I'm saying. But I think nowadays, as, as we are all, all of us, we are inside our home, so we are not having any type of, uh, we are not sharing, we are not shaking hands, we are not talking to anyone besides here in <clears> our <throat> screen. So I think uh, we need to think outside the box. And I truly believe that being more personal also works in our B2B business, which is something maybe risky, but in my personal point of view, works really well. Thank you. I want everybody to virtually shake hands right now. Lori, put up your hands. William, Bruna, everybody shake hands. There you go. She said, except virtually, and there we go. Lori, I'm, yeah. I'm going back. I went to gallery view for that, for the video, and now I want to go back to Lori Richardson. See what we accomplished with this video conferencing. It's a beautiful thing. We could Lori, talk to us. What do you think about video? How good, bad, ugly, where to use it, how to use it? Go ahead, Lori. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're talking about the trend that is huge right now. And as Bruna said, personal and human. If we can make a personal and human impact, I have noticed a huge shift in email messaging, for example, where <clears throat> before our pandemic, there there was a lot of mass bulk emails saying the same things, the, you know, bad old emails that we don't like. And a lot of people have totally stopped that and have changed. And now they're, they're using tools like, uh, I don't know, Bonnie, if you know that there are programs now where you can put video right in the email message and send it. And it's phenomenal. It has a huge open rate. And people are much more apt to look at a message, especially if people will hold up a sign with, you know, I'll put Bonnie, your name on the sign so you know that it's not a mass email that I'm sending cool. to everyone, but you know it's for you. And um, things like that, that you, you have to do things to stand out and be different and be innovative, as um, William and Bruno were saying because that's what it takes. There's so much noise out there in, in the world of marketing and sales. We have to be different. And, and it's got to be something that helps you. Bonnie, if I have a message for you that can help you with your business or your life, then you know, you're going to listen to it. But otherwise, you don't have time. You're too busy. We're, we're all too busy doing other things. Interesting. Lori, can you drop a name here on, on a program that people use to automatically insert video? Yeah, into two of my favorites. Uh, one is called BombBomb Bomb, uh, out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. The other is Vidyard from uh, Toronto. And there are others, I'm sure. But those are two that are that are pretty big out there that work really well. Very interesting. We have it for posterity here on the recording. Thank you very much. William, this was your topic. What a good one. Any comments you want to make back to any or all of your co-panelists? Uh, you know, uh, here's the one, the only one thing I would add is right now, video is differentiating and being good at video is differentiating. Most people haven't mastered it and they're not using it. So if you want your message to stand out and if you want to build that kind of uh, emotional connection with someone, video is the tool there are things that people don't even know for example do you know in linkedin if you're using your mobile phone you can send messages to your linkedin connections on in video no one gets them right so they get a hundred messages in text and then all of a sudden you send your one message in video 30 seconds long you've created a little bit of a connection so um, right now it is differentiating in the future we're all going to be great at it right which is where we're going 
Stand out from the crowd, get above the noise, differentiate yourself, be a human being, think creatively outside the box, don't do things the way they were always done, don't follow the horde, be the leader. Did I get, that was all off the top. I, that was Really a, good, very good, Bonnie. I'm looking at the camera, I'm not looking at my notes, you know that, That that's what I'm hearing, that's what I'm hearing, I think that's the message. We have a couple of minutes left, actually quite a few. Bruna, I'm looking Looking at your statements here, and I already read a little bit about the TikTok, which I appreciated. Let's go to statement number four. I think this encapsulates a lot of what we're talking about today. Bruna says, here's a quote. Listen up. I love being treated like a marketing target rather than a human being, said no one ever. <laughs> Bruna, I, I, I've never seen a statement like this in all my years of radio. So I love the fact that you're saying not. So Bruna, talk to us. How do people know when you are being authentic, human, caring, kind, compassionate, interested in them and their outcome and not just, damn, I have a quota. I've got 31 days. I better sign this person up no matter what. How do you, how do you really convey being human and really caring? Bruna, talk to us. Yeah, so I think uh, it's all since the beginning of the message. So just putting their name, for an example, doesn't show we care. We know this is something that AI does for us. So I think that's really focusing in their specific needs. So when we talk, and this talking about my business, so talking about technology, a B2B, a complex sales. So if we are talking about a, a product to five uh, different areas inside a company, for an example, we need to focus in each of them, each area. So their specific needs, their specific KPIs, their persona. So that's about being really specific, about tailoring the message and not being generic, like my product solves these type of issues because the because people from finance area, they have some specific needs, but people from the human resources area, they have another needs. And maybe we are talking about the same product. We are not talking about anything different, about the same solution that we are going to sell them. So being really specific and focusing in their needs and not about our product features, for an example. Our product can be the best one, but if this product, if this solution doesn't fit their needs, it's going to be the worst one because they are going to spend their money and this is going to be like one more expense. You know, this is not going to be something useful for them. So think about them, and then we are going to tailor this message according exactly to their needs. I think that's the most important point. And they know. They know when we, when we are real and when we know their points, their pain points. I think they always know. Thank you, Bruna. I remember a few years ago, the advice was to research the people that you are dealing with, that you want to connect with, find out what their favorite football team is or where their favorite restaurant is or what they love to drink or where their grandchildren, everybody's posting about their grandchildren, where their grandchildren went to camp and find a commonality, find something. And do they like, are they a bird watcher? And do they like watching Blue Jays migrate back to New Hampshire, Lori? And whatever it is, find some commonality or something you can talk about on a personal level. I was reading something the other day about when, uh, I'll just use the word captains of industry and you can populate that word captains with anybody, any, any background, any ethnicity, any gender, anything. Captains of industry meet today and they meet on the golf course, for example, if, if their golf courses are open 
they're not talking business. They're talking about what's going on. How's your family? Hey, that was a great shot. Hey, how's your caddy doing? And that's a really cool golf cart. And I love the cover on your number nine driver. <laughs> they're not talking business. They're getting to know each other. Is this still part of the, let me go, Bruna, this was your topic. Why don't you just talk briefly and then we'll get uh, Lori next and then William in on this and then we're going to start to wrap up soon. So what do you think, Bruna? Getting to know the person, if you can, digitally first. Yeah, I agree. I think we it makes the difference. But at the same time, I always try to build a kind of a relationship before. So, I mean, uh, opening doors and avoid using many comments about this person, like the personal life. And that's my opinion. I'm not saying like this is written in books, for example. That's my personal point of view. Uh, to avoid sounding too artificial. So, for an example, being a stalker, finding an information just to have something in common, you know? So it needs to sound natural, you know? Like mm -hmm. if, I, if I see something which is really easy to find about this person, for an example, this person is a dog lover. I am a dog lover. So we, we have something in common, but comes naturally. So mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing, being natural. So uh, I, I don't need to stalk them in Facebook, in Instagram, trying to find something like I need to find something. No, like, Try to find something, but be, be natural. Don't lie. Don't create something just to create this empathy because this is going to be a fake empathy. And that's something that they are going to realize after. So be natural and humanize it, you know, like in a natural way. That's Thank what I think. you. Laurie, join us. What do you think? Yeah, there, there are some people being taught to find things on LinkedIn that are in common and and then they don't transition smoothly. So someone will send me an email and say something like, oh, I see you went to University of Washington. Uh, I'm selling this product or service. And then they go on and there's just, you know, there's no commonality. So what, you know, and it just shows that you looked at my LinkedIn for two seconds and grabbed a piece of information. Okay. Um, you need to, that, that, that whole piece about being personal and human is, is what's critical to get people's attention now. And it, it could be by just, you know, going a couple layers deeper and, and Bruno, you call it stalking. I, I, it's, there's a fine line, I think, between research and stalking, um, especially when you have a target, a, a set of targeted prospects. Um, but there's so many ways to find out information and company information and, you know, people, people can learn from about awards and there are book lists where people are sharing their favorite books. And I find a lot of insight through the comments that people post on LinkedIn to someone else's post. Uh, you can learn an incredible amount. In fact, I got a new client recently because they saw something I posted as a comment and then they reached out to me based on that. And we ended up doing business together. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think reputation is a lot of it. I'm, I'm an independent producer now, and I was contacted by a team at, at a big company. And uh, Bruna, you know who they are, my main client. And they said, we wanted to do a podcast. And we asked, what should we do? And they said, find Bonnie. She's the one. <laughs> and they contacted me and we had a, a, a Zoom call. And I sent a proposal and they said, yes, it was that easy. So uh, the, the idea of reputation and delivering, but having that persona, having that reputation where people know 
they might want to do business with you or they've heard good things. Your reputation precedes you. That's an, This is, I think, the flip of the coin of find out about them. It's who are you and what can they find out about you how you do business. How does Lori Richardson do business? Is she the real deal? Is she authentic? Does she deliver? How does William Aruda do business? And William, I want to, before we finish, I want to find out about Career Blast TV. I thought that was interesting in your bio. How does Bruna do business? Who is she? Who are her connections? Where does she go? What does she believe in? So I think the salesperson is equally, I won't say targetable, I won't say stalkable, but equally discoverable on social, the same as the person you're trying to be. It does go both ways. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Uh, so, Bruno, why don't you chime in here for a moment? Uh, well, William, I'm sorry. William, your turn. I apologize. William, next. What do you think about this authenticity and finding out the commonality, good, bad, or not? Well, you know what? Um I think it's good when it's authentic, right? If you if you you see behind someone in a Zoom meeting that they have photos of twelve dogs and you're a dog lover, also you can say, "Oh my gosh, I saw that Irish setter behind you, and I had an Irish setter when I was five, and I love dogs." And you're going to create the connection. It, it's all about being real and genuine. I, I do want to go back to what what Bruna said at the very beginning, yep. where she said, "You know, we have this product to sell. If you're selling to someone in HR, or selling to someone in finance." you're gonna pitch it a different way because it needs to be relevant to the person. I would go one step further, and, and this, is, this will freak out a lot of salespeople. I think you need to know when um, your product isn't the right product. If you really care about that person and you talk to them and you know what they need, the best thing you can do to build a relationship with them is to tell them, you know what? I don't know if this is exactly what you need. Here's what I would recommend instead. And when you're ready for blah, 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 let me know. And, and I think this, this falls under the, are you playing the short game or the long game? And, and the problem I see in sales and organizations, it's more cultural rather than, um, than actual. And, and everyone needs to make that quota for the quarter. So we might sell this something to this client, which isn't exactly the right thing. And we're not building the relationship for the long term. But if we were willing to say, listen, you know what? I don't think you're ready for this. Maybe in six months you're going to be ready for it. And I'm willing to take that hit now knowing that this client is forever going to be connected to me because I'm, I'm doing something in their interest. That's going to have a really long-term impact. And I think that is where, um, you know, the people who are really courageous going back to Brene Brown, right, are willing to say, all right, I'm, I'm not going to make my quota, and but that's okay because I'm doing the right thing for this client and I know it's going to have a long-term benefit for both of us. There you go. And you're thinking about them. William, very briefly, Career Blast TV, what is it? One sentence, two sentences. Uh, Career Blast TV is personal branding delivered by video for salespeople and others to help them do what you were just talking about, have that authentic reputation so that people want to find them, right? How do you attract opportunities to you? Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. Now it's time for our crystal ball predictions round. I have to finish up in four minutes. So let's give you each just a very, very tight 60 seconds. Lori Richardson, you are first. What's your prediction between now and the end of 2020, or even if you want to dare to go out as far as 2025, what will happen to sales enablement? Will it get a shorter name with fewer syllables? Lori Richardson, you're <laughs> up. Go. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with a shorter window since so many things are up in the air. Um, I believe that some in-person conferences will be totally replaced by great virtual events. And the, the idea of a virtual event will be better than at what it is today. 
Ooh, interesting. So that means people need to hone their appearance, their backgrounds, their persona, their way of speaking, relating their video authenticity. Yes. And the platform, I think the technology will improve so that we can network digitally. That's what I'm waiting for. Nice prediction. Mr. Aruda, you're up next. You've got oh, 60 seconds. Go ahead. You know, I think a lot of people in sales enablement, they focus a lot on um, delivering technical knowledge and expertise and how does our product work and how are you enabled to be able to go to market and be able to talk about everything. I think that there's going to be a big switch. And I think sales enablement people are going to be focused on soft skills. How do you build rep uh, reputation online um, and, and get clients to find you? How do you, um, how do you build relationships in the virtual world that you can't do in person? How do you communicate using new tools like video um, moving forward? And so I, I think that uh, the, the tech heavy kind of here's how this stuff works is going to be replaced with the human heavy. Here's how you can engage and, and be your authentic self with others. Thank you very much. Bruna Gonsalves, talk to me. Predictions. I've got exactly 60 for you. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be quick. Uh, I think at the same time that we are going to take more advantage in the future when, we, when we can meet each other in person, I think we're going to value these times a lot. So I, I am personally missing a lot the face-to-face -face human aspect. But at the same time, I think we are going to take more advantage of the digital, all the digital learnings that we are having currently. So I think this is going to be an amazing mix. We are going to value even more the personal, the face-to-face -face meetings, but we are going to take a, a big advantage of this period. We are learning many things. So I think this is going to be amazing. I'm expecting this day that we will be able to meet each other and take advantage of the, all the virtual stuff that we are learning. I, I love the enthusiasm. Thank you, all of you. Interesting. <laughs> I hadn't thought of putting radio on Zoom. I could have done it a year ago, even two years ago. And because of the pandemic, I started doing more Zoom conferences. And then one day it dawned on me and the radio station said, sure, you can do your shows on Zoom. We'll record, we'll air the broadcast, the audio, and you can save the video, which we're going to do. I wish it had dawned on me, but the pressure of the pandemic and all of a sudden the revelation that we could watch each other... I, I, think, watch each other speak. I love seeing the different speaking and thinking and, and movement styles of my panelists. It adds to my ability to, to communicate with all of you and to present you. And I just wish the listeners could have seen all the energy and the wonderful expressions on the beautiful faces of all of my panelists. You're all wonderful. So I want to say thank you, especially to AJ Arif Johari at SAP for putting together this absolutely stellar panel. AJ, you really outdid yourself this time. And to Kirsten Boileau at SAP in Canada for sponsoring the series for five years, six years. Oh my goodness. And a thank you to Aaron Keller at World Talk Radio, the business channel for being our extraordinary engineer for getting us on the air and keeping us there. And now it's time to, well, I will say fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? But I'll tell you a secret. My car is getting three months to the gallon. How's yours doing on mileage? Whatever it is to you, go out and be a game changer today. Just like Lori Richardson at Score More Sales. Just like William Arruda at Reach and CareerBlast.tv. And just like Bruna Gonsalves at SAP. Everybody wave. Bonnie DeGram signing off. Have a great day. Go out and be smart. Be savvy. Be safe. Be careful and be wonderful. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. 
the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.